0: I thought it was really important to share with the listeners and something that I want you to be able to take in is that when people are communicating consistently and chronically with you in a toxic way, it says more about them than it does about you. And almost always... They are in their amygdala. They are in their defensive brain space, which means they're probably not thinking through their responses in a rational way. They're not paying attention to how their words could hurt or harm you. And as you do that, take it for what it is. And that is, this was not shared in love, despite her claim that it was. This does not feel loving to me right. and I can recognize that they are responding to, we'll say, a nerve that's been tripped. And therefore, I can recognize what I need to do based on that. Because the natural inclination is to jump right back in, fight back, say hurtful things back, respond in a way that honestly makes both parties feel more shitty.
1: Right, well, and you said that this says more about them than it does about me. Um, <clears throat> I feel like this comes at a very good time. Serendipitous was the word that Alex used because just a couple weeks ago we talked about how to have hard conversations and now some of those hard conversations you guys have probably had. Right. And and so, or maybe you're getting ready to. Right, you know? we're right so, in the middle of holidays. Right, there's there's going to be more. Um we want you to be able to recognize that the statement that they made that she made is about her mm-hmm. it's not about me it's not about you it's not about the listener if you can wrap your head around that then you have greater ability to step back and go how do i want to respond because who am i right what what is it that i want to do and i may respond to this and But I have time to think about it. I have time to process it because I do not want to respond in a hateful, defensive way. I I want to, and maybe I'm, again, just being overly optimistic, I want to allow for understanding. And maybe I'm I'm wasting my breath. I don't know. But that's who I want to be. (laughs) So that (laughs) if if I respond that's, that's how I'm going to respond. And that's what we want to encourage you as a listener to do is recognize this is about them. What is about me
0: so that I can go from there. So I have two things. The first one, I'm going to respond to what you just said. And that is when you approach conversations and your goal is to understand the other person, that's healthy. You want to go into difficult conversations with the goal of understanding the other person. That does not mean that you have to take what they say as being factual about you. We can look at this and say, Aunt Africa is responding from an amygdala brain space. It does not appear that Aunt Africa has the skills or tools to do it differently. And it also appears to me that Aunt Africa is not in a place where her goal is to understand me. Therefore, how do I want to respond while I honor my own humanity, my own boundaries? How can I maneuver with this information?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that kind of walks right into the second piece that I wanted to bring wait, out. Wait, wait, no, wait, wait, not want to do that yet. Not okay. yet. All right. So we've talked
0: about how do you respond to this type of criticism and contempt when it's coming at you. But now I want to pose, what about when you do this? Because we've all done this. Every, I mean, if you're listening to this and you are older than 18 months and talking, You've done this because this is a natural, normal human way to respond to things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. So when you catch yourself in a place of I'm criticizing, I'm being contemptuous, I'm speaking like I'm mind reading for the person, I'm being hurtful in the way that I'm communicating to somebody else. What do you need to do? And that's when we utilize, again, that Gottman skill of, I need to step away, take a 20-minute break, calm myself down, and not come back to the conversation until I am back in the brain space of wanting to understand and I'm recognizing when my brain is feeling triggered, when I'm feeling defensive, when my heart rate is elevated, maybe take your blood pressure, you know you've got to be able to pay attention to those physiological signs that you are not in the appropriate brain space to have these types of conversations yes. Yes. for me i remember once responding to an email from my dad my dad was very mean to me at one point in some emails and i wrote up a response and I was shaking, I remember my hands were shaking like as I was typing. There was so much anxious, angry energy coursing through my body that I was trembling in anger and there was a lot of tension in my jaw and in my neck. And I needed to send that email. So I sent it to my sister and I said, this is how I wanna respond to dad. So I sent it to my youngest sister and she responded back with, wow, you're really angry do you think now is the best time to respond to dad's email? And I said, no, but I sent it to you because I needed somebody to read it. And she goes, Oh, good. Okay. Cause if you send that to dad, all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> um, it's what I Renee then, Brown
1: calls the stormy first draft. Right. right. That she, was my shitty first draft. She'll write it. Mm-hmm. But then she most oftentimes won't send it because right. she's able to kind of process the emotions, get those out Right. And then come back with a more clear mind well, and, and address it. And
0: for the record, when I sent that email to my sister instead of to you, Mason, it was because you were in frickin' Afghanistan <laughs> on the front lines of bad things happening for the United States military. And I was like, I am not sending this to Mason. This is not what his brain needs because of that respect for where you were. Right. So I sent it to my sister, who understands the way my dad thinks and responds and reacts and understands the way that I think and respond and react. This is the sister that I have a better relationship with. And she was very good at identifying the emotion. Wow, Sarah, you're really angry. And then, um, do you think this is a good time to send something like this to dad? Like she, I, I think there was some trepidation of, please tell me you didn't already send this to dad, which was appropriate. So utilize those safe resources. If you're like me, you need to talk it out. I mean, if y'all haven't noticed, I like to talk. Um, Mason, be quiet. <laughs> and if you need to do that, then you need to have a safe person that is not a party to Yeah. what you need to say. Yeah. So, okay. Well, Mason. Then, now you well, can go so to second. So now me.
1: you asked the question, what do you do when you're the one that sent this kind of a letter? Right. And my thought is once you get back to and you explain this, once you get out of that amygdala amygdala and you're back into your frontal cortex and you have some time to think about and you've processed it. Maybe you had to do your SFD or Stormy First Draft and write it out. Maybe you had to talk with somebody not associated with the situation and do things. My thought is think about well, if I had received that letter, what would I want to receive from that person? Right.
0: So, but one of the things that I see you doing, Mason, is you're using like the idea and the scripture of "do unto others as you would have them do unto you," like that. Well,
1: not so much that as that. I know I just interrupted you, huh? Um,
0: I was I was gonna say, I when you say that, number one, I if that works for you, use it. And number two, I feel like that viewpoint that you have is something that works for you that you gained from the spiritual upbringing you had, and that that's a good thing for you. Let's use it and also give credit where I got that idea from my family, from my church upbringing within Mormonism, and that you can learn good things from systems that also have toxic things going on.